Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Bright as Ash by Untold Want, featuring my friend Rio Wolf on vocals. Bright as Ash is from a four-way 10-inch split called Yarrow, which features the band I play in, Coma Regalia, a band that now goes by Nuva Oscura and Ostraka. Give it a listen if you haven't already. I was born in Aspen, Colorado, in 1987. Um, I lived there with my mom and my dad, but we didn't live there very long. We moved to, I think we moved around quite a bit. Like, we moved to Boston and a few other places on the East Coast. Like, I was in Pittsburgh and... Mechanicsburg and a couple other uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania for a while. Um, and then my parents moved back out here to Denver, Colorado, or Boulder, Colorado, um, where uh, I lived. Uh, I think that was probably about like seven when we moved back out here. Um so, yeah, then uh, I've lived here in Colorado ever since. Yeah. Were your parents moving around so much for, like, work reasons? or? Um, I think so. I yeah. assume. I, I wasn't really, like, talked about a whole lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. My parents split up when I was, like, 10 or 11. Something like that. They got divorced, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I would I would see like my dad um, occasionally, like on weekends and stuff sometimes. But we had kind of like you know our our relationship sort of soured after that. Yeah. Did you have any siblings? I don't have any siblings. Okay. Um, I'm the only child. Did like. So did you, do you feel like you had a typical only child, like, um, scenario growing up? Like you, you just like were fairly introverted, like, uh, in in, entertaining yourself or did you have like a bunch of friends around the neighborhood that you'd? Um, I mean, I, I had like a little group of friends, but, um, I would say, I mean, up until uh, I was like probably like. 13 or 14, I was pretty introverted. I was just, you know, I'd read books a lot and draw a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, your, you know, your your career path, like, uh, if, if you want to call it that, um, obviously, like, involves <laughs> a lot of artwork. I mean, you know, c- career is a weird word. Um, but, um... <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, 
And uh, you said, you know, that you you draw a lot, like, as a kid. So you've definitely had that passion, like, as long as you can remember for, for artwork? Yeah, definitely. I was, um, you know, I was interested really young in, like, uh, cartoons. And I was super into Ninja Turtles and Transformers and stuff. And I would just draw, draw them on everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was a monster. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was the kind of stuff that you were, uh, is that the kind of stuff that you remember being like enthralled with first, like sort of like, um, cartoon and comic characters like Ninja Turtles and, and, uh, Transformers, or were there other things like, um, were there specific like storybooks with, where the art was just like captivated you or I mean definitely um I, I think one of the main things also growing up that um me and my friends used to do like Dungeons and Dragons oh yeah but we also did like the the you know where it's Dungeons and Dragons but you're acting it out oh okay. um like live action role play uh-huh we we did that, so we would like you know romp around in the fields and hit each other with sticks and you know, <laughs> fireball. <Yeah. laughs> so did you do that? Um, like you knew what it was, or you just mean like you realized later that's what you were doing? Like did you? Well, I mean, so we never like played the like I don't think we had like any of the rules or anything. Okay. For a really long time, we were just like making it all up ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz I I mean like a lot of a lot of people can relate to that sort of experience like um of just of just like pretending like somebody's you know Spider-Man and somebody's the Green Goblin or you know what I mean just like having Probably. really really involved like um outside like physical like um story fantasy story scenarios you know like my children do that constantly uh but um yeah like when when i the reason i really started down this is because i didn't i never really heard of anybody doing that until like you know 10 years ago or something um mm -hmm. like having like rules and like you know doing like what they call larping you know like and uh, yeah totally yeah yeah but um yeah, that's really cool. It sounds sounds fun. I mean, it's, you know, um, it's one of those things where, like, Dungeons and & Dragons and stuff like that is so popular now. And, like, you can, you know, you play it online with other folks and, you know, use Discord like my partner does that. Um, totally. And, uh, yeah, I don't I know. I still play it online with those same kids I played it with when I was <laughs> 10. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, when I played it when I was younger, like, it was, like, I can I cannot imagine, like, what those kids that I played it with when I was younger are like now. Like, I don't even want to think about it. Like, they were, like, they, they creeped me out then. Like, it, it, there just, like, wasn't enough people for me to be, like... Like, I only knew literally, like, three other people that did this. So it was, like, either you play with these people who are, like, kind of kind of pretty kind of weird, you know? Like, and not not in, like, 
the way that I'm weird or my friends are weird, like in a genuinely like you, you, you like this one kid, you know, I don't want to be too gross, but this one kid was just really like, he like touched his dog real weird and stuff. And we would just leave sometimes like, because he grossed us out. So, yeah. Yeah. That, so like, that sounds totally weird. So, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, we didn't, you know, we didn't like, it's what, like, it's wild how popular it is now. You can like decide, like, you know, my partner's in a group that's like only women, you know? And I like, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it was like, could I just have people that don't touch their dog weird? Like, that's all I would have asked, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, sorry to go, go off on that tangent. Um, but yeah, do, uh, so like you're, you know, you're, you're drawing a lot and you're reading a lot as a kid. Um, did your parents listen to a lot of music around the house or were they musical themselves? Um, neither of my parents played any music, um, or listened to a lot particularly, actually. I'm sorry, just one sec. Hey, thank you so much. You too. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, so, yeah, they didn't, like, listen to a whole lot of music. I remember, like, I kind of, like, grew up on, like, classic, like, radio stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know all the lyrics to all the, like, old rock songs. Right. <laughs> like, all the old, like, radio classics. Uh-huh. But I don't think that either one of them were, like, particularly, like, yeah, you know, super gung ho about music. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you uh, start to realize that that was something that you were passionate about? Um. Well, let's see. I remember um, my stepdad had a electric guitar. Okay. And uh, I wasn't really allowed to play it but I would just, like, go look at it a lot and just <laughs> thought it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, let's see. I guess so the first CD I ever purchased with, like, my own money was Offspring Americana. Okay. <laughs> so that's sort of about where I came in. <laughs> yeah. Just like um, but, check- yeah, I, I, was, I was always, like, infatuated with punk rock and stuff. Yeah. Did um, did you play any instruments like in grade school or anything like that? Let's see. Oh, they made me do clarinet for a while. Okay. I was never good at it. I never like really figured it out. Um, I did trumpet also for a little bit, which was kind of cool because it like lined up with my junior high ska phase. Okay. When I like was listening to like Real Big Fish or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, this is cool. I could I could see this being a thing, but again, I just I didn't really get into it. Um, I think the first time I got an instrument that I actually got into is I got a bass guitar okay. when I was like like twelve or thirteen or something, and um, yeah, I just played that thing all the time. Right. And was that was that the was that the same general like 
getting just getting into like the offspring and you know and more punk bands and stuff time or was that like yeah. a bit later about that same so i mean i think it was all about the same time like i didn't i wasn't that into music before i like like i i hadn't been to a show i think the first show i ever went to was around that same time i was like 12 or 13 and i went and saw um Real Big Fish, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, RX Bandit. Okay. Was that, <laughs> but, yeah. Was that, like, a huge show? That was, like, my first show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, like, so what was that experience like for you? Like, um, like were you just, like, you're way, way back here and just, like, just, like, trying to see people? Um, it's obviously, like, loud enough you know, and everything, but... Oh, yeah, I, I was real short, too. I've always been, like, kind of little, so I remember I couldn't, like, see very well, and I was very intimidated by all the people in the crowd, but, you know, I I guess I liked it enough that I wanted to hang out despite all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my... I, <laughs> My first, uh, my first show, uh, my dad took me to, um, it, it, it was at Hair Arena, I think, and it was like Cinderella and Winger and like, uh, yeah, and my dad and his friend were doing cocaine in the front seat and I was supposed to not, <laughs> not know, you know, like, and, uh, yeah, I got the whole like, I got the whole like up on the shoulders and all that experience, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, obviously the, obviously you know the band Winger like that's you know a band full of creeps like with their song Seventeen and stuff. But I remember like when I was little, the thing that I thought was cool about them is because like I didn't know a bass player could be the singer. Like you ever, right. <laughs> you ever just have these re- weird realizations when you're a kid, you know, and you're just like, wait, a bass player can be the singer. Like I thought, like it was always the guitar player or just a singer, and uh, I, right. I remember thinking that was really cool for some reason. Um, I mean, uh, just like later when you're like, wait, a drummer can be the singer? What? Um, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, um, your first. Uh, your first show was, you know, uh, sounds like it was better than mine um, by like lots of accounts. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know the what I usually count as my first show was Dead Milkman though, so that was pretty cool. Um, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, but um, yeah, you said you know you had a ska phase. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that like so often when I'm chatting with all, all of like our mutual friends and stuff. Um, but you didn't, you didn't get good enough at trumpet to play in a ska band trumpet. Anyway, did you you play in a ska band? Like, did you play bass in a band? No, that honestly, I was into that kind of before I like, it took me quite a while to like get to the point where I would like be in a band. Um, cause I was in bass, but I was playing it like, you know, at home in my room, and then I think I played bass in the school band for a little bit, but okay. I didn't have a, an amp, so 
an unamplified bass that's not very uh, loud. So yeah. I wasn't uh, really on the spot that much. I could just kind of like try and it wouldn't matter a whole lot. Right. Did you like put, when you're at home, did you like put your ear or your chin or whatever up to the bass to make it like, did you figure that out? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You're up to it, but well, that sounds great now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, what were you doing to try to like get better? Like while you're just playing by yourself? Hmm. Honestly, I don't even remember. Like, like I, I guess I was. Uh, I learned some cover songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. I was really obsessed with Weezer. But yeah, I think that was it. I think I, I, I sort of was just like messing around with it. And then I got uh, electric guitar in high school at some point. And uh, that was, I feel like when I started like, you know, focusing on it a little more and trying to, you know, get better. Mm-hmm. When you got a guitar, did you also get an amp? Yeah, I think that was another okay, part so too. That, that was I like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was the real like um, big like jump up is uh, actually being right. able to like hear yourself and you know uh, know when you're when something sounds good and actually when something sounds wrong as well is, uh, is important. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so when once you got like a guitar where you you're just like you're at it you're you know trying to get better and um were you like fantasizing and like playing in a band at that point yeah because i remember so me and my best friend at the time um like we both got a guitar around the same time like it was like we both got one for christmas and so we started like playing together a bunch and honestly, like almost all the first bands I was in and everything I was in with that guy, um, Maitland, he was in, uh, even that band Orphans. Oh, okay. I don't know if that yeah, was yeah. before you met me, but. Mm-hmm.
was that sort of like your first band where you did um, like recordings and stuff, Orphans? Well, I think that was the first, like, that was definitely the first band where we, like, toured more than, like, once and, like, did recording that, like, you know, we were trying to, like, release or whatever. Yeah, and- I think uh, earlier bands, like, I had, like, a high school band um, uh, called So Yeah, We're Werewolves. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, but that was... Yeah, that was a weird band, too. It's just my friend Maitland playing drums now, and then my other friend Eric, and just playing bass guitar, and then me just yelling. Okay. So it's just three pieces, but I mean, I, I didn't really have a piece. I just yelled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that, that we had, like, some recordings, and I think we went on tour, like, one time and played a show at, like, a... Motel Six. Um, oh, wait a minute. So you played a it show. Was like a mo- uh, the like the bar at the Motel Six. Even better. How <laughs> <laughs> how did this happen? How this how this show get booked? Um, it was you know it was like someone we knew in Wyoming, and we were like, Ooh, we could go on tour, go one state over. You know, it's only eight hours. Right. So we drove like hours and played, you know, for three people in this. You know, none of us were even like of age, too. So we were at this like bar at a Motel Six, and that's where this first tour show was. Oh my goodness! Was it a was it a, like a really sad bar? It, oh, it was so sad. It was real sad. Like hotel bars, like that's just the way. I imagine it like when I first moved in when I first moved to Indiana I lived with some people that were like mutual friends for a while and the thing is like these people's dad owned like I lived in a trailer and these people's dad owned the trailer and their dad just just like they got termites in their trailer and then one one day their dad's like I don't know if if he just didn't know I lived there or what but one day he comes over to deal with these termites he starts giving me all this shit and tells me I have to leave like right away. So like long story short, I was staying at this really bad motel and I was like, seriously, like, just like, what am I going to do? You know? And so I was like drinking scotch at this like motel bar. And it was like one of the, not like, I mean, I've certainly been more like depressed and had like other, but it just like, uh, just a, a really like, malaise like sadness you know it was just like oh gosh this is so sad like what a you know what a sad flavor of darkness that only lives at the motel bar (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's just a a, like a really conscious level of like permeating sadness um (laughs) (laughs) but but like that's such a cool like weird place you know to wind up playing like just like some you know young band um but um you you know like you said you in orphans you were taking you know you were like taking your recordings like more seriously and trying to like you know get things released and and stuff um what was like your you know first recording experience like for that band um did you like 
was it a friend that recorded you or uh, did you go to like a studio or? Yeah, um, we, let's see. So, uh, well, I guess before that band, I was like hanging out with this other guy um, and he was like the singer in this other band, Solar Bear. And uh, so I was like, they were like touring quite a bit and I would go on tour with them and like work their light rigs because they had these like lights that were inside of like speaker cabinets or whatever and they would flash. It was very like of the era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very like year before or whatever but um, yeah. So I would work the flashing light rig for them on tour and eventually that band um broke up so we started a band and we recorded with a like he I don't know if he was a friend at the time but he's like definitely my friend now because honestly I just like kind of gone to that one same guy who's got like a garage recording studio for like most of the things I've recorded since okay. then. Okay. And um, so it's just like a garage studio, and and it's just like it's all. Black, yeah, he's pretty. just like really good at it, and just you know has like a little place that's kind of like um like a garage below his house, and uh, yeah, he makes really good recordings there. Oh yeah, you can you know do a good recording just about anywhere. Um. But it's was it really relaxed and like it, were you nervous at all or how did things go down? I think I was nervous maybe at first, um, like before we knew him very well. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty relaxed. It's you know it wasn't anything like super serious of like oh you're wasting tape and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to say to. Low-key. Yeah, I'm gonna say that to Lauren later when we're doing tracks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't nail it on the first try, like oh, you're wasting tape. tape <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, what was it like, like for you the first time when you like were hearing everything like coming back to you, um, like you know, I, I, assuming that you, you know you'd been working on the songs for. A while and then you hear everything come back like what what did that feel like hmm. I, I mean I think at the time I was pretty soaked on it uh-huh. like I don't know I feel like listening back to that stuff now I'm sort of like eh, this is fine yeah <laughs> um, I think back then I was like yeah we're fucking cool band gonna do all the cool shit and go on tour and stuff and I don't know you know like I had I, I knew people who were kind of doing it like a little more aggressively than me and mm-hmm. stuff and I always like looked up to that a lot I was like I want to do that I want to you know you know, go on tour like for six months out of a year that sounds sweet <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> 
I can't. I don't know. I can't anymore. Yeah, it's got like little did we know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the first band that you were in where you did do like some some longer tours? Was that Untold Want or did Orphans? I think yeah. Um, it was her uh, Untold Want, uh, uh, whatever you want. That band yeah. we did. Um, that was probably like the most active band I've uh, been in because you know we did like five or six tours maybe and none of them were like super long or anything but you know we would get out there and we played a lot of shows I feel like so yeah. there's you know we played like a hundred shows a year at one point wow yeah that's like this was ridiculous we were playing like you know a couple of weeks sometimes or just you know we were doing a lot of the like late night play at a bar gig and it was fun I don't know I like I miss that yeah for sure what um so like what kind of um horror stories do you have from like your first tour or or just any is there, are there any particular we can get some like you know adv- totally I can think of some bad ones I bet okay. um well there was so there, we would do this thing I'm sure you've done before too that was really terrible where we'd stuff two bands into one van and be like oh if we only bring one band's worth of equipment we only have to pay for one you know gas tank every night Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, we we're in here like sardines, it'll make financial sense. <laughs> but um yeah, those those tours were real hard where it was like, you know, eight people in a van or nine people in a van sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was uh yeah, that was always real rough. It's um, just like no I remember how well you get along with everybody, it's still it's just so much. Totally. There was one person who, like, their, you know, their seat was on top of the base cabinet, and they didn't get a seat. They just had to ride laying down the whole time because they're, like, you know, a foot from the roof, but, like, laying down on the base cabinet. And that's where you that's where you go. And we called it the nap trap. <laughs> it's like, you're in the nap trap. Get back there. <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I yeah I was in one band that really had like their stuff together and built like the whole loft and everything, but I never got that far with um, like my own bands. You know, I wish. But um, did you have any like uh, really like weird shows um, that that stick out? Like I always like look for these. You know, um, gosh, it's like. So sometimes the, the the things that people can learn are like invaluable. You know what I mean? Like oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely think of some weird shows. I remember we played one time in Olympia with like a a, a it was like hip hop guy, I guess. Um, but he had like stunner shades on and like. At first, I thought this guy was like, he's just really drunk or something. And then I realized that he was mouthing all the words and that there was another guy in the back who actually had the microphone. 
and was like doing the the rap. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, it, that <laughs> that was kind of weird. Um, I'm uh, I can never think of like I'm sure I'm not thinking of the best one right now. <laughs> that's like that's so weird though. Like was hmm was now just from a from a subjective point of view was the person who was doing the mouthing like uh like just were they cooler or better looking or like what was the do, do you know what i'm saying I, do you think was, there was I a think reason the, i have no idea <laughs> okay. like i was wondering if it was like maybe that person was just happened to be at the bar and like was like hey and the maybe the you know the rap person was like hey pretend to be me and i'll just do this behind the stage and you can go dance around or something yeah but yeah i I have no idea how that happened yeah there's a video of horse the band doing that uh online (laughs) like um uh cut that song cutsman yeah like the there's just like some random person like pretending to do the vocals while the singer is like behind a curtain. And I think, I think the singer comes out later or whatever, but yeah, I I remember like seeing that 10 years ago or whatever and being like, that's the coolest thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what was going on. It's just like somebody. Yeah. Maybe it's like a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's wild though. Um, so like, you know, you, you've been involved in a lot of projects um, in like, you know, where it's like, I don't know like how much you ever, you know, toured, um, but um, like uh, American Haiku and uh, mm-hmm. what was, um, what were some of the other, I know you toured, like you, let's, I so think like, we did like, or two tours in American Haiku, but it wasn't that much. Um, I was also in a band called Wrinkle that toured a little bit. Okay. That one was cool. That was like a, um, kind of like a power pop band. Okay. Did you, what was the band you played drums in? Uh, Seed Bomb. Okay, that's, that's what I I'm sorry, what, what? That's the one I'm in with my partner. Oh, okay, so that ba- that band's still active. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you when you we're COVID active, I guess. Like we haven't played in since February or whatever. Right, right, but right. It's you know it's it's not dead. It's not right. like I don't know. What about American Haiku? Because didn't didn't you write like most of that? Was that kind of Am I wrong about that? Like, that it was, like... I, yeah, I wrote all the, like, the parts, uh, or the, you know, the guitar part, uh-huh. and the, the lyrics for that band. Um, that one, that was sort of, like, my, um, my baby of a band for a long time, because I was, like, the, you know, writing the guitar and the vocal parts, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great album. Like, I had no idea, like, um, about, 
your any of your range of talents, you know, at that point, and you're just like, hey, check out this album. Would you be interested in helping with this? And I was just like, what the hell? Uh, but um, yeah, it was that was a really great album. Um, and and Thank like, you. you you were just starting a band um, before you know, like lockdown was. Is that it's called Sweet Kiss? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I I honestly don't know what the story is with that band either. Um, we're, you know, hopefully we'll figure something out. Uh, we sort of did like a, a couple recordings, but it's, I don't know. You know it's, it's hard to keep a band um, going, like, especially like, you know, we played like two shows before the whole uh, pandemic hit mm -hmm. so it was sort of like are, are we really like that invested in this to you know try and like we can't practice so and we can't play shows so in what way is this like gonna go forward right now yeah yeah but uh I don't know hopefully we'll figure it out um do more stuff with that it's really fun I like playing music with Adam and Amos and B too yeah, I, I imagine, you know, um, like I know that, you know, you've you've been on uh, a couple tours with Adam, um, not, you know, in the same band, but uh, and that uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, um, when when we were talking about trying to do like a, a Hex Lariat tour, you you were like, Amos said they'd do it, you know, Um so uh, I imagine that y'all were like, you know, at least, you know, somewhat close. So that seems like a pretty ideal, um, you know, arrangement, trying to get a band with, you know, some people that you've more than spent a little bit of time with. Um, yeah, totally. That was yeah. the idea, at least. Yeah. 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 Where about in all of like, you know, you're playing music and like, you know, um, touring, you know, before everything that's happened and everything, where in this whole thing did you decide that you were going to start pursuing, like, uh, doing tattoos? Right. Um, well, let's see. I, honestly, I've been drawing on people, um, like, I was obsessed with it when I was, like, um, just, like, 16 and 17. You know, I was really into skateboarding, too. And uh, I just, you know, I found some, like, tattoo magazines or whatever. And uh, my friend, who was, like, a little bit older than me, he was, like, you know, 18 or 19. He had, like, the first, like, cool tattoo I saw. It was, like, he had, like, a sleeve. Like, I had seen, like, little kind of, like, you know, blurry tattoos. I wasn't very impressed, but he had like a nice sleeve. Okay. And I was just obsessed with it. I would stare at that thing for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was, you know, I knew, I, I wanted to get into it back then. Definitely. I wanted to figure out any way I could to get into that. Um, so when I was like, 18, 19, I think I was 18, um, we went, um, myself and a couple of my friends went and 
you know, like did uh we lived at the back of this guy's tattoo shop for several months and just like you know did work at the tattoo shop for all day every day from you know the moment we woke up till we went to bed <laughs> and uh yeah i learned to tattoo out in louisiana and i came and you know honestly like by louisiana standards i was like I was pretty decent even right when I started out. <laughs> you're 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 good at this, and I you know it went to my head a lot. And then I came back to Denver, and in Denver, you know, there's a lot of really really good tattooers. So I came back here and I was kind of like, oh shit, I, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, so it it kind of you know it took me a long time to like find my place in tattooing. Um, I worked at a lot of different shops and, you know, it's hard being queer and trying to make tattoos and like, you know, that was like a really, those two things didn't go well together. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like, because, you know, I, I think a lot of us like in, in the, uh, you know, in the, like the hardcore scene or whatever scene you want to, you know, say that we, we travel in. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us think sometimes that like, oh, you know, um, like tattoo artists or, you know, people who like into tattoos, like that's our shit. That's our people, you know? Um, and not to say that homophobia and transphobia don't still exist like within our scene, but it's just like, feels like an expectation that, um, these same places like tattoo shops and stuff would be just as welcoming as like any hardcore show or whatever. But, um, it seems like, it it seems like (laughs) you've definitely found that that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, that definitely wasn't my introduction to it at all. Um, it was very much not very welcoming. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that's not, to say that that was the norm in tattooing, more just like that was what was going on in the area I was at or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, it's just like hardcore stuff. It's like, you know, if you're going to hardcore shows in, you know, probably like bigger cities or places like that, you're going to meet a little bit more diverse folks and stuff. But like I was, you know, tattooing a lot in like Louisiana and like the outskirts of Denver and it was not super progressive folks doing that at the time
just you were having like difficulties with the shop owners uh but probably also like with you know like clients or yeah it was everyone it was, yeah, it was the, just, the it was shop just, owners the, the clientele it was you know it was just get me out the of the whole whole thing was um really just like overwhelming and such <laughs> yeah how long did you um like apprentice uh for was it wasn't an apprentice thing or were you studying on your own time how did you like go about like i mean it was it was not what i would call like a traditional apprenticeship but um it was uh you know um i like i i went there and a lot of people when they apprentice to tattoo will like work at the tattoo shop for you know like six months or like a year or sometimes before they even get to the point of doing tattoos on people mm-hmm. and I you know like they threw us into it I was making tattoos like the same week I got there oh wow I was putting these on people and you know it was very like they threw us into the deep end because there was a need in that community for cheap tattoos to happen and we were filling that need and you know it was kind of like a big shop too like they had a lot of people working there um so we could you know we were cranking them out yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the height of the thing too it was like 2007 when you know miami and all that stuff was just first happening yeah all the few shows and stuff so it was you know it was popular yeah so you're just like you're just like practicing it on an orange one day and then the next day you're you're on a real person. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Wow. That's a uh... Did you feel good about your work like right away? I mean, you said that compared to I still don't feel good about my work. <laughs> really? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm... I mean, I... I meant that with a grain of salt, but <laughs> uh, like yeah, I mean you know, tattooing's fucking hard, and I—I I definitely was not. I—I I never felt like I was the best at it. I still don't feel like I'm the best at it. Um, I feel like I get by. It's like music, you know. I'm not super talented at it. I just like get by on pure like not giving up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Honestly, I—I don't—I don't feel like I was. Like I don't feel like I have natural talents, you know. I feel like I'm just stubborn. Like I'm just like yeah, exactly. You know? I think that yeah, my, my stubbornness and like enjoyment of it is a lot bigger than my like actual skill. Yeah, yeah. So, but that that's you know you almost need that more than you need the actual skill. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is like I don't know. It it's such a weird quality for me to possess as well because I am the like least stubborn person about literally like anything that's not like I'm I'm a pushover really when it comes to other people but when it comes to myself no it's just so stubborn like I'm just like I won't stop I won't quit like I'm doing this you know um yeah it's I don't know you know like it seems to be working out you know pretty well 
from for you uh, so far. As far as I mean, the stuff that some of the stuff that I've seen, you know, you do, it's like it it's it's blown my mind. Like a couple of you know um, pieces in particular that I I know I I send some kind of uh, random. Um, message to you about it like oh my god you know holy shit you know whatever <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it's uh, well, thank you yeah. really appreciate that it's been really cool to like watch like um you know as i have a few friends that are you know doing it now um and it's been really cool to watch like people's progress and stuff and uh yeah um how did you get to like <clears throat> like because you're building you're building, um, I don't want to call them the wrong things, like, but you're building the equipment now. Oh, yeah. I, I'm making tattoo machines. Right. Um, pew, pew. How did you, yeah, I was going to, I was going to call it a gun and I, I didn't want to, you know, say the wrong. So like, how did you get to where you're like, oh, I'm going to start making, you know, these machines. And how did you like, I mean, it, when you just, when you're, an outsider like me, you have, I have no idea what I'm looking at when I'm looking at this, but it looks so intricate and like one little thing could just be disastrous if it wasn't done right. Like, how'd you get the knowledge of the machines? Is it, was it just hands-on like application? Is it a lot of like research? Oh, so the, the guy who taught me again, he taught me, um, you know, we didn't like uh, even when I started tattooing, and this is crazy to say because I didn't start that long ago. It was only like 10, 12 years ago or something. But when I started tattooing, you weren't necessarily going to buy your tattoo supplies. That wasn't like an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't back then like you could get good tattoo supplies off the internet or anything like right. it is now. So, you know, we we would build them all. So we would make the tattoo machines and, you know, we would mix the pigment and, you know, try and do that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not really because we wanted to, but just because that was, you know, the way you did it. Um, back then it was like, a, you know, you assembled a lot of this stuff much more than you need to or, you know, than I would want to now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so I just, like, I have a, like, a very hands-on understanding of tattoo machines since I've, you know, I've had to, like, build them from the ground up kind of since I started tattooing because that's what we started on was the ones we built. And what you built was what you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is- so, um, you know, it's been a long process of learning and stuff. And uh, I've also had, like, some really nice other tattooers who like you know took me under their wing gave me a little bit of the like secret knowledge mm-hmm. the secret tat knowledge yeah um but yeah um so now i'm just kind of building them i'm trying to not be uh in that same you know i don't want to be a hoarder of knowledge so i'm trying to kind of like spread them around as much as I can and offer them for, you know, free or sliding scale to, you know, other, uh, you know, um, queer folks or people of color or whatever, um, you know, people who are 
traditionally not had that type of information, you know, shared with them because yeah. it's been a lot among white men. Yeah, yeah. But just great men are, you know, the that's the you get a tattoo machine for the last part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was always under the impression that like it was like you know, record pressing where there's these machines and they existed since the dawn of time practically. And, you know, to get one, you had to, uh, you had to, you know, um, get one from somebody who already, you know, or whatever. And then like, I start seeing people like, you know, building, building them. And I mean, they look, they look really beautiful a lot of the times. Like, you know, they're made with like, Those people, uh, you know, it's like their labor of love and they like are, doing it like it is their own art. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily feel like that about the things that I make. I'm more like just trying to make like a nice tool. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, like, I don't know. If, I feel like those people who do that are so good at that. Like, I don't want to step on their toes. I'm not amazing. I'm not super mechanically inclined or anything. I just have the, like, base knowledge of like, oh, I know if I bend the spring like this, it's going to work. And if I don't, it's not going to work. <laughs> right. Right. But you mentioned that, you know, that, that you're, a goal of yours is to spread access to this information and this equipment to people who've like been, um, you know, that have been, it's been hard for them to access this knowledge and this equipment. So like, do you, feel like in general um tattooers like now it do is it is it, what do you think the split is for like um people who know the equipment as well as you do or like know like some of the things that you do versus people who are, are just good at tattooing like do you think yeah, i mean there's a lot of people out there who like the you know the way the equipment works isn't a big deal and like nowadays you almost don't need it to be quite such a big deal in your life because you can just buy a you know like a tattoo pen online and it just like looks like a little pen and it's pretty straightforward and you know they're expensive but you know most of the people I know just use that honestly I use that a lot. Because I'm just like, oh, this is, you know, it doesn't hurt my hands and it is easy to use. <laughs> Not a million parts. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily even necessary anymore. But I guess it's just like this, like, old, like, like, what do I do with all this, like, knowledge in my brain <laughs> about this thing? Yeah. So I... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, like, it, it never hurts to know, but it's... Yeah, totally. You know, it's and, not. you know, I the way I think about it, that's nice, is, like, if something breaks on a tattoo machine that I built, I know how to fix it. And even in the moment, I'll be like, oh, I know exactly what happened. But you go get this one part and screw it on, and you'll wait here 15 minutes, and it'll be no big problem. Mm -hmm. But if the fancy tattoo pen goes down... I'm like, I don't even know this thing in case, like, I don't, there's no screws on it. I don't, I don't even know how to open it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's th that, um, 
those same conveniences are like, you know, uh, prohibit you from like knowing anything about, you know, how it functions. Um, yeah, totally. Just and like, maybe you don't really even need to anymore because you can get all that stuff online. But I think that, you know, um, it's nice for me often to know that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what, it, so since like, you know, there's been a lot of like lockdown and, and, and everything, um, what, what is your, like, what's your day-to-day life been like? Um, are you still able to work, uh, a fair amount? Um, like. I mean, for the first little bit, uh, we weren't working cause you know, the state wouldn't let the tattoo shops open. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was at home for like three months and, you know, I, uh, admittedly was, you know, not doing super good with it. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, real bummed and just like not, not dealing with it very well. Um, but yeah, we've been able to go back to work now for a couple months and I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, how would you like, how would you rate, like, not rate as in like one is better than the other or whatever, but how would you like compare, um, like finishing like a really awesome tattoo to like hearing like a song that you've been working on coming back to you, like in a recording studio, like, do you get that like rush of pride and like enjoy seeing like your work you know fully realized gosh you get a rush of pride and joy when you see your work that must be fucking amazing (laughs) (laughs) you like nitpick every detail to death and like are instantly like oh i hate this because i can see myself reflected in it (laughs) oh so you have the opposite reaction I'm, I'm, I'm more of that type of person but I mean I, occasionally I, honestly it takes me a bit like at first whenever I make something I'm like this is the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to humanity like this is a I've ruined art I've ruined oh, it no <laughs> then you know after like a year or two if I see it later I see it like a tattoo later I'm like oh that one is actually pretty decent like, it's fine. It's all settled in there now, and I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you feel <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's all, at least, you know, eventually you come around. Um, did you feel that way about, about like, recordings that you did as well? Do you do you hate them, like, immediately? Do you, I, how do you? I, 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 I hated the aspect of myself that was in it. Like, for, you know, Untold Want, I always loved, like, I loved, the people who I was playing and I loved the way they played their instruments. So like, of course I didn't hate it because I was like, this music is fucking sick, but I would, you know, hear my own voice on top of it or whatever and be like, why is that the thing? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I think I've gotten over that a bit now. Like, it's been long enough where I can listen back to those and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I liked this. This is cool. We were doing a good thing. Yeah. Do you feel similarly with the 
the Hex Lariat um, LPs? Like, do you feel like, um, because you, you send me the vocals to that and the vocals are already like fairly processed. So like, do you look at choices you made in the same way? Like, why did I do that like this? Or are you just oh, like, definitely. yeah. Yeah. Like, the way I recorded that first album for that was so dumb and like, I shouldn't have done that, but like, it, I think it like came out with a cool sound and end. Um, but I like, I had it like, I, I was feeding that, um, like my microphone for doing vocals through like a bunch of pedals and uh -huh. stuff. And I was like, I was doing all this stuff in my feet, switching the pedals and I was controlling the recording with my foot too. Like touching the space bar with my toe. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> it was like all down there. So I was like, I was just like doing a lot with my feet. <laughs> that one, I don't know why. But um, yeah, I think back on like, why didn't I just record that like a regular human and then like do the effects later? Like that was really dumb. But I, I had some like guitar pedals or whatever. I was like, this sounds rad with these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it worked out in the end. Did you? How did you do the second one? If you say that you did that one that way, I know you use like a machine, like a singular machine for the second one. Yeah, I think for that second one, I I had like a, I did the effects in the box maybe, in the um, whatever I was using to record it. Mm -hmm. okay. But um. That sound, that setup sounds really wild. The first, like I, I love it. I love like the idea of this really, like, um, I, you know, I, it brings to mind like very marionette-like imagery, like you know, you <laughs> dancing around, like touching the different things and yelling the words and you know everything at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting. I I'm glad I asked that question. Uh, I really can't get this bouncing Rio uh, Im image out of my mind now. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah, it was fun doing those recordings too. And I, I like I was I'm trying to remember because like I had it, so I was like determined to like not have it just be a vocal thing. And I was like, this is going to be like vocals, but also noise. Uh -huh. And it'll be so, boy, I'm going to blow Sean's mind with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like worked so hard to like make some like, like a lot of the noises were like, you know, a pedal or two, but also like something my mouth was doing. Yeah. So I, was doing, I would do like little swooshy noises, like Oh, you were like actually doing it with your mind or your mouth and, and like moving yeah. the pedal around. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know the first thing about any of this stuff either. And so like, there's like, where I, there's this whole trip I went down this, these YouTube rabbit holes where I was like, um, watching videos about how people made like movie sound effects and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then, like, 
you know, so I like tried these little like ideas on like various projects where I just like, oh, now I'm, I've got a drumstick and I'm like, I'm like scraping it around the inside of like a empty pickle jar or whatever, you know, and then running it through like a zillion pedals and it sounds like something else, you know, uh, to varying degrees of success, but you know, that's what, that's, that's the way that works. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I remember when you sent me that, those first vocals, I was really like, I was like not expecting that at all. I was like, I don't, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this in there and it's going to make sense eventually. And it did, it totally did. But I remember the first time that I showed it to, you know, my partner, she was like, this is fucking wild. Like, she was all about it. She was like, this is like some of the wildest shit I've ever heard. And I was like, I know, right? At first I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just going to lay it in there like it's supposed to go in there. And uh, yeah, I don't know, you know. Um, And then by the time we did the second one, then it was like, you know, I was like, I remember telling you, I was like, okay, there's some stuff in here that might might feel a little bit out of place. And then when I got the vocals back, I was like, holy shit, like the saves the day part is like a saves the day part now. Like, how did we, <laughs> how do we both know exactly like what that needed, you know, or like whatever. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think... <clears throat> The mistake I made with the the third one is um, I wrote it like a while ago. I I know we had been talking about that. The mistake I made was uh, I wrote pretty much an entire album like with a guitar that was just, it was just kind of tuned however I wanted it to be tuned, right? And so like I have no fucking idea like how to play this on a guitar that's, in any way, shape, or form tuned the way that I've um, recorded the last two albums. So so it's like, uh, I'm like re-dictating some of this. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm like relearning it in a, in a different way. And uh, <laughs> you have to like transcribe it to yourself. Yeah, and that process is also sometimes like I don't know if you know if you've done had to do this but that process also like I can't leave well enough alone so then I'm like oh wait but what if I also did that you know so it's like <laughs> it's figuring out what I originally did but it's also like coming up with you know other things or whatever but yeah eventually it'll be it'll be uh it'll be fun <laughs> And that was my conversation with Rio Wolf. Thanks so much, Rio, for taking the time to chat with me and for lending your voice to Hex Lariat. I've really had a great time making those records with you. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>